I am sat here for the first Beyond Human Stories Restoring Life podcast, which I'm very excited about, with uh, my dear friend Jude Curran. Jude, um, I would be here all day if I was tried to explain who and what you are and how you show up in the world, but it's an incredible, incredible wisdom keeper, author, cosmologist, archaeologist. Um, you will have to check her out in links to discover her vastness. Um, but thank you so much, Jude, for um, being the person with which I launched this offering out into the world with. Oh, bless you, sweetheart. It's, it's my pleasure and delight that we're doing this. Thank you. I have a feeling, knowing the two of us, this will be one of many. Um, so watch this space. Uh, Jude and I have discovered we can talk all day about cosmology, mythology, uh, the emerging story on Earth. So we'll uh, attempt to keep this first one tight and see where we go. See where we go. <laughs> but we are sat here in your beautiful home uh, in the landscape where we both live, actually in Wiltshire. And it's a gloriously sunny winter day, very crisp outside. Um, we were just over tea before we came together to record this, talking about life's pauses. And the need for the balance of the in-breath and the out-breath, because we were saying, weren't we, we both had an amazingly busy year, yeah. and we are now moving into the solstice period and Christmas and all of that wonderful time. And at the moment, Mercury is retrograde also. So it's a wonderful opportunity for us to take an in-breath and go within. And I used to do workshops and working with people experientially on breathing. And we did a funny exercise where I said to folks, well, take a really big breath out and a tiny in-breath. How does it feel? Take a tiny out-breath and a big in-breath. How does it feel? Oh, no, no. And then take a balanced out-breath and in-breath. Of course, that's the one that when we think about it Absolutely. and acknowledge it is, is the one that supports our well-being. And, and yet, I know both of us have rushed like crazy this year, so actually now taking the in-breath is really important. Oh yes, absolutely, and especially with most of the people that I end up working with and mm -hmm. talking to, um, this dis-ease of busyness mm. and overwhelm, and everybody seems to be so time poor, yeah. um, and yet we're resource rich in so many ways, um, especially in this part of the world, and so this ability to interrupt that story yes. in little ways, whether it's in the moment through our breath, or actually, whether it's in the season, uh, which we're also talking about, Absolutely. you know, the yeah. season of winter. So many people I know go, oh, it's winter, it's cold, it's depressing. It's... And yet, actually, to restory that, I look forward to winter. <laughs> we both do. We both do. And I think the other thing as well is to remember that, I mean, I was in business for many years. I'm busy, busyness for many years. And what I found when I moved beyond that, and I, I, I probably work longer hours than I ever do, Absolutely. but this thing of when we do take an in-breath, I don't know about you, Jen, but I gained far greater clarity. So the busyness, the running around, yeah. you know, looking at three things when actually I really only need to focus on one. In the out-breath, that just go, 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 go. But on the in-breath, 
there is that sense of gaining clarity and focus and where to move for the greatest effectiveness. And that has helped me through the last 20 odd years, mm -hmm. um, you know, gain that, but also be more time rich. Yes, and that's when I'm hearing, you know, the word clarity, clarity, <laughs> clarity, it just, it's this, if, if anyone was to put their Santa list together, <laughs> I think so many people right now would put clarity on the top of it, you know, because actually it is a confusing time in the world right now, as uh, of course, with confusion comes opportunity. Mm -hmm. So lots of people are starting to question yes. the dominant stories by which we've lived in. And that is disorientating. That can be scary. And it can feel like, I just, I have so much energy and so much willing, but I don't know where to start and I don't know where to turn. And it exactly. is very noisy right now. It no. is very, very noisy. And, and then it means that even greater need Yes. for us to take that in-breath and not wait like we've been running around for several months, but actually to take it on an ongoing basis. Yes. I mean, when I am home, I try to take a good half an hour in the day just to just to be quiet, you know, longer if I can manage it, but just to do that in-breath. And it's quite amazing the level of clarity that comes through often in that time. So yes. very much echo your yeah, sense of fun, this. Isn't it? It's this whole idea of the different seasons of our lives mm. um, and how, you know, in a way, being quiet fuels our ability to move into the busier stages yes. of spring and summer, even the harvest and the autumn, but with far more effectiveness, far more balance, far more poise, um, you know, and so, and, and far more authenticity, actually. It does, it very much all of that. And I also feel that when we are busy, we, we sense an urgency. Yeah. Whereas when we're able to balance that in-breath and out-breath and go with the, the as you say, the, the, the cycles and the spirals, we're in the flow, far more of those. And we can consciously align ourselves with the flow. And it's, it's a bit like a river, you know, a river, <laughs> a river sometimes is quite slow moving and sometimes is rushing over rocks. But if you're with the flow of the river, you can you can deal with all of that. Yeah. But if you're not, then you're either fighting the flow of the river or you're being dragged by the river or whatever, whatever. So I, this all aligns us yes. more easily with the currents that are underway at the moment and they're strong currents. Yes, it's very true. And what I love about your work, so in your recent book, The Cosmic Hologram, which I know is... You've been in that busy flow with all year, traveling around and really bringing that work to people across the world, which is incredible. Um, I think what that does is it adds science and, uh, you know, in a way, a very grounded approach to these pauses, to the flow, mm -hmm. to everything we've just been talking about. Because I think, you know, sometimes this can sound quite... Oh, it can sound new agey, it can sound esoteric, it can sound very, uh, you know, uh, in a way hard to grasp because people go, yeah, do you know, in an ideal world, I would love to do that, actually, and I'd get flow and i get all this, but how do you actually do that in the moment? And so what I love about your work is you say, yes, I hear you, and here's all the science that sits behind flow. And that was my question, so here's how I went about answering it. So 
How would you, in, in cosmic hologram terms, uh, describe that process of flow and really tapping into flow on a molecular level? Oh almost? my goodness. <laughs> I know that's a wormhole question. <laughs> it is itself. a wormhole question. <laughs> but you're, you're absolutely right. I, I wrote the book because I felt that with all the, with all the, the sort of impulses in our world at the moment, they weren't really landing for a majority of folks. A majority of folks still experience the appearance of the world with its apparent separation and all of the that drives from that. Because when we see things as being separate, they're in um, you know, polarity with us. So we see the outer world and we see ourselves within that and what do we have to do to survive and to thrive and it's all about busyness but that appearance as you and I both know is not the, the underlying reality but when we buy into that illusion or appearance of separation and material materialism is the only sort of reality mm. then everything that we've been talking about flows from that. Yeah. We're in the rapids all the time. We're running around. There is a confusion. So I wrote the book because at last, finally, science has caught up with, you know, perennial wisdom, universal mm -hmm. spiritual uh, experiences. And it's revealing something that I think is transformational for all of us, um, which is that the appearance of reality is not its fundamental nature. And when we look at separation reality is actually not separate mm. that it is profoundly interconnected we are all and the entire universe are profoundly interconnected mm. and more than that that actually even more deeply that reality is not duality yeah. it is unity it is unified and then diverse and then yes. differentiated but what that means when we really dive deep into it is that Flow is natural within that. Connectivity is natural within that. Peace is natural within that. When we come, when we turn round from seeing separation to actually seeing the underlying unity and the wonderful diversity that emerges from it, we're in a very different perspective of how we view not just the outer appearance of the world, but the inner knowingness. Mm of the world and our own place in it. So things like perceptions such as flow, perceptions such as having always having enough time, perceptions about taking that in-breath and that out-breath, living our lives, embodying that unity awareness, is something that you know the mystics of all traditions have searched for through the ages. I actually think we're modern mystics now. We can be <laughs> modern mystics now, living in the world. We don't have to go up a mountain yeah. to do this. When we understand the unified nature of reality, we can live it in a way that benefits us, our families, our relationships, and our relationship with planet Earth and absolutely. the whole cosmos. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I know that's where our work is very aligned with many of the people in our wonderful family, which is, you know, the time of uh, retreating from the world mm. is done. It's done. And um, I don't know if you actually could, even if you wanted to, it'd be pretty tricky in this current global civilization in which we live. So actually what we're being called to do, I believe, is is take these pauses, yes. remember and restore and reconnect yes. to our authentic peace in that human Absolutely. puzzle 
and then come back into the world restored and in restoring as we speak, but taking action with that. You know, we're story making instead of just storytelling, which I think for me is the difference between the kind of ancient and the modern mystics. I think modern mystics make stories. We're out there doing it and living it to the best of our abilities, of course, versus the old kind of guru teacher archetype, which is also fast, fast fading from the world. So I think what people need is, is you know, permission to step into that journey and that adventure and people to walk with, actually. Completely <laughs> agree. I mean, one of the things that I think we've both found over this last year and are really excited about for the coming year is how many, not just individuals, but, but organisations, you know, groups of folks yeah. are holding hands now to walk this forward together. And the other thing that we've talked about is sharing our stories. Yes. Because so many people have had what they would consider extraordinary experiences, you know, looking under the appearance of reality, of, of physical reality, and seeing the deeper truths of it. And are coming forward and sharing their stories and realising that they, you know, this is the extraordinary in the ordinary and actually the ordinary in the extraordinary. Yes. It's bringing it all into that integration and that lived experience of unity. Yes, I talk about everyday magic yes. a lot, which is that rediscovery of the world is magic. It really is. And yet actually there's a hard, grounded, credible science as to why it's magic now, which is even more magical and exciting. And there's ways that we can literally hack into our old stories yes. and create that feeling of interconnection you know and our own creatorship within that so our own empowered ability to literally live the life we wish to live and to hold that space for our families and our communities and you know I know uh, one of the things you've uh, well, we've been exploring recently is this almost tripartite way of looking at that everyday magic which is the idea of, of thinking cosmic Yes. In the grand cycles of time and evolution yes. that we have an honour to be a part of right now. And feeling global. Really feeling our inherent connection to all of our human and our more than human family on this incredible ecosystem of Earth. But then acting local. <laughs> because I think, again, this idea of overwhelm and who me and... I can't affect change. And, you know, this thing that we all do yes. in our own human way, this idea of taking local action Absolutely. in our day-to-day -day lives, which is where we began the conversation, actually then feeds all the way up into that beautiful nested story hierarchy, you know? It, and it is nested. I love that word, nested, mm. because it holds us, it nurtures exactly. us, you know? And the thing that you're saying about the science really now, and as I write in the, in the Cosmic Hologram, has caught up to reveal this. So we can think cosmically in a really connected, profoundly related way, and then bring it down. Our technologies allow us and enable us and hold us in, in you know, feeling globally. Yes. And then bring it down to the everyday, wherever we touch, wherever we are, mm. acting, those hands, that purpose. 
exactly. playing that out locally because it does scale up, scale down. That's one of the wonderful things. It's why I wrote the called the book the Cosmic Hologram because exactly. it's you know the patterns of reality scale up mm -hmm. and scale down. So what we do by acting locally yeah. and the interconnectedness that radiates from that local action and scales up and scales down, often in ways we have no idea, but it does. And so it interconnects in subtle levels, in very practical levels, in wonderful levels. And that is the everyday magic that I think is unfolding. It's really interesting. So I'm getting, I'm getting a story coming through. It's always <laughs> nice to kind of give people live examples from our lives, right, yeah. in terms of how this plays out. And so there was one uh, that I had in the last year or so where, um, as you know, I go to and from Egypt a lot, and that's an incredible, special place for both of us. Mm, um, and so when I, I first went there a few years ago now, uh, I met uh, Hassan, who I now call my cosmic brother, who the first time we actually looked into each other's eyes, we just started to cry. Oh, we had no idea why, you know, it's like, what, who, what, what is this? I haven't had this before. And so we have a very deep and magical connection. Um, so cosmically, we've known that, you know, we're coming back together now to hold people in that land in very specific ways. Yeah, that's very grand, you know, that's very big. It's very hard to see how that translates on a local level. And yet a year or so ago, so he, he runs a tour company and he has a, he had a car and um, I woke up one day and I just had this feeling, it wasn't a bad feeling, but a feeling mm. something was happening. And something was happening. And so I was reaching out to him, again, via the technology on my phone. I was messaging our friends of what's happening, something's going on. About 45 minutes later, I receive a message from our shared friend who said, you've got to call Hassan now. His car's just burst into flames on the driveway and you've got to bear in mind this is his only mechanism of income it's his only you know form of actually uh, feeding his family in many ways so this was a big thing um so I didn't manage to get a hold of him until the following day and uh, but knowing it was interesting that knowingness feeling global mm. on the inside yes. and then on the outside this ability to instantaneously connect and exactly. find out what was happening exactly and so, you know, we, again, said everything happens for a reason, that this is a catalyst for something. And then over the following six months, a community of people rallied round, gathered money, gathered help. His uncle just gifted him the loan of a car for a period of time. And we, we pretty much gathered the resources on a local level so that now he has a new minibus, he has a new lease of life in the business, he can do different things that he didn't do before. So it was just that, you know, that awareness that hadn't hit me until we're talking about it today, but that whole, from something that could be quite a cosmic relationship yes. down to a very local level, yes. actually reinvigorating a family and a community exactly. and a business. That's how we're operating right now, you know? It's, that is everyday magic right there. It is, know? and I feel that's how we're going to accelerate how that right. is because I felt this year we've sort of... I've been describing how this year as, as we've all begun to hold hands across the world and have this think cosmic, feel global, how these seeds of local action have just been nurtured and growing. And... We've been talking a lot, I know, you and I and, and, and lots of folks about imaginal cells yes. and this idea of, you know, when the old caterpillar is ready to, to, to sort of uh, relinquish its yeah. role and the butterfly is, is beginning to grow imaginal cells of its possibility 
and the imaginal cells then start to cluster together and, and going forward. And I just get that sense of this. And in a way, the imaginal cells are the local actions <laughs> that then become global as, as we move forward and the butterfly's ready to, you know, come out of the cocoon and fly. And the other analogy that I love, which is again relates to our beloved planet Earth, Gaia, is this idea of the roots of trees, the mycelium, the, you know, the fungi, the, this network that coat the roots and communicate and grow and join. And I have the sense of that yes. happening more and more and more. And if you think each little root, each little mycelium is acting locally, but they're reaching out and connecting. And this whole amazing forest of possibility is, is, is emerging. Love that. The forest of possibility. That's a beautiful, beautiful image, isn't it? It's funny, I think for years and years in my work with various different indigenous people across the world, in every different culture that I touch on, they all talk about these circles of unity mm. all over the world, you know, and then the circles joining the other circles and the other circles, and I'm looking at the rug we're actually sat, <laughs> sat on right now, and it really is that. It's this mandala of just these ever-expanding you know, holons of circles exactly. of people joining together, but exactly. it starts here. Yes. It starts with you taking an in-breath. It starts with you reaching out to someone in your family, in yeah. your community. It starts with these very localised collective actions yes. that then feed the in-breath and out-breath of the entire system. I love it. And the other thing that I know we've been touching on as part of that is, and I think this last year has really shown us, we can't, there's no they, really, yeah. it's just us. Absolutely. And so when we get a call, whatever it may be, however small it may be, is to answer that call and show up and act local and do that. You know, they, there's no they. <laughs> Ultimately, there's no they. And certainly when, as we do, really move into understanding and experiencing and embodying unity awareness we realize there is the unique me's and the diverse we's but we're all together as the in the oneness and, and the wholeness so it's it's really for us all when we have that in breath and go oh i could do this or oh, i feel the urge to oh i you know is is do it yes. do it and then reach out and see where it goes you know yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, Joseph Campbell, one of his beautiful quotes which prompted me to write my book um, about restoring is uh, the biggest question is whether you're going to say yes to your adventure. And I found those yeses yeah, come in every single moment. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or yay, as we say a lot. We do say that a lot. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jude. I think that's a wonderful place. And an invitation with which to end this particular recording, but I can guarantee you'll be hearing more from both of us. So thank you so much for for being being my friend, being my mentor, being someone I walk with through the yes of this life. Bless you, Jen, and wholeheartedly yes to all of that with you. Thank you. Thank you.